This is TF Wire, Transformers Week in Review, Episode 4, recorded August 21st, 2005. Welcome to TF Wire. I am your host, Jesse, also known as Matrix Prime. This week's show, I'm joined by Awa64. Hey. And Pirated TV Pro. How you guys doing again this week? I'm doing pretty good. So, so you guys ready to get started then? Can't say Let's why dig not. into it. Let's do it. Okay, our, our first news story this week is Master Collector has revealed all seven of the BotCon exclusives. I'll just throw each one of these out there one by one, and then we can talk about it. Exclusive number five was revealed to be Deathsaurus, and is a repaint of the Robots in Disguise Megatron mold and includes a new head. Now I personally like the new head on the figure, but the color scheme is too similar to too similar to the Robots in Disguise Megatron for my liking. It's what do you guys think? It's way too similar to Robots in Disguise Megatron, and after seeing the concept art for the Beast Wars Megatron repaint of the mold that uh, Glenn and those guys at the old convention company would have done. It's really kind of disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the mold a lot. I, I like what they're doing with it. I, I really like the remold, like you guys are saying. Um, it is different. The uh, reds are where it, it really lost it for me. I mean, I, I know that it, it was similar in the character and everything, uh, but yeah, it does look awfully similar to, to the original mold, so that's where it's at from my point of view. And there were so many digibashes of it right after it came out that made it look so much better. Yeah, just yeah. a couple couple small paint applications, and it seemed like a lot changed. So yeah. it might have been a it might have been a money thing um, where they couldn't afford some, but but they've got silver on there, and a couple nicely uh, placed silver uh, paint applications I think would have gone a long way. It might have just been time constraints; they didn't have enough of an advance warning to be able to get the colors to what they thought would have been an ideal so they had to go with something they knew worked maybe. Yeah, that's true. I was at least happy to see something other than a basic in the exclusive set there. Oh Yeah, yeah I think I think everyone is. <laughs> okay, exclusive number six was revealed to be Chromia and was actually something we talked about a few shows ago. It's uh, Energon RC repaint, which was the uh, Paradron Medic color scheme we were talking about. What do you guys think of that one? Chromia, you mean uh, Moonraker? Because Did you say that's Moonraker? the color it's scheme. Not a Bond movie. <laughs> that's the color scheme that we're going for there. I mean, it, to me, it seems like they dropped the ball on this one. Uh, the color scheme should have been a darker blue if they were if they were going with Chromia. Uh, I don't know what happened here, uh, but I know a couple of a couple of people in the in the fandom are are pretty upset by it because it, you know all those uh, those fembots were pretty much a team, and it looks like they switched out colors for one and put it on another so mm. but it, it's a nice toy it looks good um, why did they remold the head on it yeah I, well her her bio refers to what might be some of the other exclusives that we saw um, that are based off the same mold um, I don't remember exactly what it is but it says she's looking after um, was it fire fire starter or 
flare up. Yeah, fire starter and flare up sounds right. Yeah, flare up. So that could be you know some of the other um, exclusives that we'll actually see at the convention that aren't part of the set or who knows. But it looks like they're trying to weave a a story together. Um, that that would be nice. That we'll see a a real cohesive. Um, storyline meshing in with the toys. Um, in the past, in my opinion at least, it seems like they've kind of created the storyline around the toys. Um, this time it seems like they're kind of working together trying to create a cohesive uh, type of thing. So, It is a cool idea that they went with trying to make the entire thing a theme rather than just saying, hey, here's some cool new toys. Unfortunately, I don't think the toys were cool enough to pull it off. The box is nice, though. The entire pack that they've got going for it's really, really nice. Packaging looks fantastic. Well, here's here's the here's the other thing. What do you think about the uh, the packaging? It says Transformers timelines. Do you think that's gonna tie into the storyline at all, or? It might. Yeah, I be. thought that was kind of weird too. They'd it seems <laughs> like they're going with kind of multi-generational. They've got different chunks of G1, American G1 and Japanese G1. Some stuff that connects to Transformers the movie, some stuff that, I don't know, were the fembots from G1 post-movie, or am I just insane? Uh, They were pre-movie. Oh, yeah, okay. pre-movie, I believe. So yeah, it seems like most of the Autobots are pre-movie and all of the uh, Decepticons are pretty well post-movie. Maybe they're planning on doing some kind of time travel crap for the comic book. That would explain the timeline's name. Yeah, that's always something that that's really easy for fans to get into. Is is the whole you know traveling through time, trying to do stuff. It's an easy way for people to to accept something. So that's what we could see. Yeah. And while we're while we're talking about the box here, I really like the 1980s Masters of the Universe artwork we got in the front there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that looks. That looks really nice. The artwork's beautiful. And the inside of the box is nice, too. I've seen it on the Master Collector G.I. Joe stuff, too. It's a nice, resealable box. It's got foam packaging instead of even a bubble or anything like that for it. It's really nice, and it's designed for someone who wants to be able to take out their toys and play with them, but keep them in, in condition and keep them in the box that they came with, too. And it's great for a collector. Too bad the toys don't live up to the packaging, though. <laughs> Is that a little plaque that's included with it, too? I think that I, might I be the infamous badge. Yeah, that's ah, what I'm badge. thinking, too. Um, but then the, the final one is, is Dirge, which is just uh, a repaint of a repaint that we're getting in the line. <laughs> I mean, that's got to that's gotta make some fans mad. It's really disappointing, but I know a lot of people were really happy to have the first one. I'm sure the army builders will be happy, and I can't imagine they won't have some more at BotCon for other people to buy, since Insecticons are just about naturally supposed to be army builds. Yeah, well, and and the fact that in Buzzclaw's bio it says that he can create clones, but then you have this completely different character, who's Dirge, who looks like a clone of Buzzclaw. So, maybe we'll see some uh, some identification and clarification on that, but... You know, if we're gonna have all these just you know slight color remolds, and, and it is slight. I mean, it's it's basically switching out, uh, or swapping purple for yellow and yellow for purple. Yep. I mean, that's the only difference. And you know, at least if they're gonna try and represent that in the comic book, I mean, that could get confusing pretty quickly. I thought so. if they were gonna do drones, that they, if they were gonna do a dirge, 
They probably shouldn't have made it the same mold. I was thinking they were going to go with Transmetal Waspinator mold on that one. Keep yeah, just the just dirge aspect of it there as well as the Insecticon aspect. Yeah, there's so many there's so many insects um from Beast Wars um and even we had one, you know, just recently in Energon that they that they could have done. Um that, you know, I, I'm kind of confused as to why they went to this other um except for the fact that it's a cost-saving measure. I mean, they've already got the mold. All they have to do is go through and, you know, switch out some colors, so. So is the set worth the price? I'm still going to say no. I truly don't know. Um, the packaging really ties it together for me. Um, individually, I don't know, but to say you have the set um, and the packaging does look nice, it's it's. They look like they took their time. You get the the bio cards that look like they're already, you know, uh, die cut. Um, so you know, there's no trimming the back of the packages or anything. It looks nice, and it. It would entice me more than when we saw each one individually. I'll, I'll give it that. Still don't know if it's worth the price, but it's definitely uh, much nicer as a set than they are individually. Uh, the packaging would be worth the money if the toys inside it weren't so disappointing as it stands now. Having so many basics, I think they might have even been better off if they'd done a few bigger toys instead of just going with so many basics. That might have made it seem like it was more worth the money if they'd gone with a few larger toys rather than a ton of smaller, really disappointing ones. Right, well, well, here's what I'm thinking. that I mean, they've set up all these molds. Uh, we've seen three recolors of the RC. Uh, we've seen many variations on the Buzzclaw uh, mold. Um, I'm thinking that they're looking for, you know, quantity, or, yeah, quantity over quality, uh, but, you know, not really stressing on the quality part, but they can get a lot of a lot of leverage out of that RC mold um, by doing you know different female characters. And truthfully, I mean, if it's an Insecticon, uh, they can go through and repaint that a thousand times, and people are still going to buy it. Um, same with the Cyberjet mold; it's just a, it's a great mold. It's just we've all seen it before, but you can Both do times. so much with it. Yeah, they, they can do it so <laughs> much with it that that there's a lot that there's to say for it. So I'm thinking that they might have you know it's a smart move uh, in my opinion for them. Uh, maybe not as much for the fans, but in their eyes, I, I can see where they're going with it, and I can completely understand why they chose what they did, and why we're seeing all these remolds. You know, we saw two different recolors of the uh, the Ironhide exclusive, so I, I can definitely see that that we're going to get quite a wide variety, as opposed to you know in the past we've gotten you know two three molds. Um, they've been nice and big, but this year they're really going to give fans some stuff to choose. I'm I'm thinking. A little bit more than just oh, did you get RC or did you get RC and and um, Tigatron? You know, this way you know yeah. there it, there's going to be a little bit of searching to to find all these. One thing that made me think, though, on one hand, I'm kind of questioning the decisions on some of the molds, especially the decision to remold the RC head and to a lesser extent the Ironhide head. But the other question I have is. On uh, one of the discussion threads I saw on the AllSpark, a user, guy with the username Pete at BotCon, pretty sure he's involved in the panel discussions and stuff like that. I really should know more to be talking about him, but <laughs> anyway. He said that it wasn't a matter of being able to choose from any mold, that Hasbro gave them a certain number of molds that they had to choose from for what they wanted to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that could explain a lot if if they were planning on on doing all this and they were only given a limited amount of molds that they could choose from, then 
then yeah, I can definitely see why they're doing all these recolors if they had wanted to give the fans a lot more and they weren't be able to, and now they're trying to you know expand a bit on what they can do. And with that said, we'll move to story number two here. All right. Um, Metrodome is set to release the Headmasters cartoon on September 26th on DVD. The DVD will be Region Zero, but it will be recorded in PAL format. Um, the set also includes the new Japanese audio track, or includes the Japanese audio track with a new English subtitle track. Now, have any of you guys seen this series? No. See, I haven't seen Headmasters, so this is this is good for me because I I I do plan on picking this up. Um, it's it's a part of of the history of Transformers that I haven't had to the ability to experience yet. Um, it's not readily available in any form that I know of, so I'll, I will happily pick this up on DVD when it comes out. It's pretty cool, and if but nothing else, I'd like to rent it from uh, Netflix at some point. I've never been big on buying a ton of DVDs, but uh, Bird TV Pro, are you planning on watching it on your computer? Because um, well, you're not well, going to be able to play being the, uh, on your TV. Being, being the DVD fan that I am, I have a region free. Uh, it was DVD region play. zero, which does all regions. Yeah, but does it play? But does your DVD player play PAL formatted DVDs? Yes, it does. Oh, nice! <laughs> I went to film school. You're forgetting. I, I have to. Oh yeah, hair. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And trust me, you guys, I I shouldn't be saying this, but you'll see it online. You know, probably weeks after it's out in a format that anyone yeah. can watch on their computer. That's a no-brainer. Um, that happens with any movie ever made. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's great to have it out there for the fans because, like I said, this is something that a lot of us never had the chance to experience. I, I haven't seen it. I, I don't know any of the history of it, uh, <laughs> but it's something that I've been looking for. I you know enjoyed the toys on, but I, I never got a, a chance to see. So it's good that you know any form of media, having it out there um, is good in my book. Well, I bought the English... Um uh, yeah, the English dub one off from eBay a while ago, and it was very painful to watch. Ah, the joys of Chinese bootleg DVD English. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's VCD, so... Ooh. <laughs> but see, now now you won't have to go to that depth. <laughs> you know, we'll have something, you know, that's that's actually official in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I'm happy about that, because... Even if it doesn't sell well, having it out there, um, having it available to people um, could, you know, enforce. There's lots of people who have been stressing the fact that they, they'd like to see more of it out. Right now we're getting, you know, a couple episodes from the the, the current series every now and then. Um, I'd really like to see a Beast Machines DVD set. There's tons of people who would buy, um, you know, Superlink, um, Energon, uh, even Cybertron if they were releasing them, you know, in a decent amount of time. That, that I think that they would sell really well. I don't know why it's taking so long. Um, well, the strike where the Rhino lost the license, and they're just switching over to a new company, putting them all out. Right. And to be honest, so. I wouldn't mind seeing the Beast Wars DVDs again. I mean, I know I spent the money on them, and I spent the money on them recently. But if Paramount or whoever ends up selling the DVDs, I think it's going to be Paramount. Anyway, if they put out a new box set of Beast Wars, especially with a really good set of special features having more stuff like director's commentaries, storyboards animatics, behind the scenes interviews and that kind of stuff And instead of just the episodes I'd be perfectly willing to buy the entire thing over again 
Yeah, I, I think I would be willing to double dip on something like that. I mean, you know, Beast Wars is what really brought Transformers back in this to this generation and, and revived the interest in them. Um, yeah, it is a matter of special features a lot because, I mean, some DVDs that make or break for me is special features. Um, but when it comes to something that we've wanted for such a long time, like Headmasters, um, and, you know, you're going to get quality recordings and everything, I'm, I'm going to jump on it no matter what's on there. Call me a fool, fool if you will. Fool. Ouch. I know it hurts. <laughs> but do you like uh, English only um, for the subtitles rather than the audio? Um, I don't mind really. Uh, most of the stuff I watch um, that's from out of country, I, I watch with subtitles, um, just because I prefer to hear, you know, the the original language. Um, so I don't know how I'll watch it truthfully. Um, most of the anime that I do watch, I watch with subtitles. All the foreign films is subtitled, so I guess I'll come to it. You know, it depends on how how painfully bad uh, the dubbing is. It'd be interesting to watch the dubbing just for the sake of seeing it, and maybe the folks who do MSTF 3000 at BotCon will have a field day with them. Yeah. When it comes to subtitle, my personal thought. I tend to listen to the subtitles when I'm watching it on DVD because I'm sitting down and paying attention to it. It's half that and half that I know if I ever see it on TV or on TV or being played in public or anything like that, it's not going to be the subtitled version. So I figure I might as well watch the subtitled version when I'm in private. Right. And okay, that was completely unnecessary to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> we like okay, knowing what down. you do in private. Okay, moving on. Story number three. The Palisades Bumblebee statue, which was originally supposed to be an OTFCC exclusive, is now a non-stop toys exclusive. The statue is limited to 1,000 pieces, is priced at $39.99, and stands 4 inches tall. Now, is this, is this 4 inch tall figure worth 40 bucks? Uh, if, I don't know if it's worth it. I will be picking it up. Um, I, while I was so in you're, KB... You're a fan of the statues then? Uh well I'm not even really a fan of the statues I was um I was at uh, FEO Schwartz in uh in New York a couple weeks ago um they happened to have the RC statue on sale um for around this price so I picked it up and I really liked it um it's it's nothing that I would actively uh, search out and like try and find but you know because it's an online exclusive and it is only thirty nine dollars for you know a statue. I'm going for it. I like it. Um, the sculpt looks really nice. If they could get, you know, uh, a Bumblebee alternator that looked half as nice as this, um, I'm pretty sure everyone would be for it. Um, and like I said, it's a limited edition exclusive, and it's only forty bucks. Yeah, I'll be picking it up. It seems like they really want to get rid of these things fast. Forty bucks is, isn't it pretty cheap for a Palisade statue? That's really cheap for a Palisade statue, as far as I know, and and supposedly the reason why it's four inches tall is because it's in scale with the rest of the Palisade statues. Yeah. So. I'm just thinking that it makes sense for Bumblebee to be shorter than everyone else. Yeah, on the website they have a, a picture of it standing next to the uh, Starscream statue, um, and it looks nice. And uh, this is probably I really like it as an introductory sta uh, statue. Um, for forty dollars, it's something that people can pick up. You know, decide if they like or not, if it's worth it. And uh, they might be hoping that you know some people will you know try and get the the back catalog that they have that that they've been trying to sell because I know they haven't been selling as well as they liked. Um, so, what do you guys think about the statue? I think it looks nice. 
Probably not something I'd pay 40 bucks for, but I'm stingy. So did you like that RC statue you bought? Because when I was in Vegas a couple of months ago, I saw it at FAO Schwartz, and it was like $90. $90? I, yeah. I got it for less than half of that. So, But, yeah, I, I really do like it. Um, I don't know how I feel about uh, the sculpt. The sculpt is okay. Um but the coloring is really nice. Um, they do a really good job with the presentation, and the, the form that they chose is really good. And it's it's very sturdy. Um, when I was sticking out of the box, it was a lot sturdier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be um, kind of you know fragile and and very breakable. But it's not. It, it's 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 very structurally sound. How structurally sound is it? I mean, I have a few Discworld figurine type thingies that. I don't know, same similar detail level and stuff, and those it, chipped pretty easily when I accidentally dropped them. It, it's something that, that I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable dropping four feet onto a hardwood floor. Fair enough. Um, but if I had a carpet and a rug, and if it fell, I think it might survive. It would definitely, I, I would definitely feel okay tossing it across the room to a friend to look at. I think that it would definitely survive that. So, so and maybe that's because of, you know, the way that the sculpt is. I mean, there's only a couple points where it could break and and mess up. Um, you know, a lot of the smaller points that usually are a little bit fragile on on figures they don't have because they're a little bit bulkier. So, and with that said, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next week as we have a special announcement to make. Uh, see you guys in episode five later. Later, peoples. All right. See you in seven. I, along with the rest of the TF Wire crew, would like to thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast. And just a note for the future, the podcast now has its own webpage, which can be found at tfwire.tfrollout.com. The webpage includes one-click subscriptions, direct downloads, as well as the information about the topics we discuss in the shows. See you in Episode 5.